Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 40. This is a big one, Dan. Yeah, we're like middle-aged now. How old does a podcast have to be to vote? Well, it depends if the podcast is a resident of the United States or not. Well, then we have a problem because it's like in the internet. Right. What do we got planned for t- tonight, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, we're lame. So, we're, we're gonna talk about, we're doing a little house cleaning here. We're gonna talk about Justice League of America 39 and 40, Brave and the Bold 30, and Outsiders 24 and 25. This is, well, I would say the best of the rest, but I'll just say the rest. How is this the rest? I still have a stack over there. I can see it from here. <laughs> oh, this is the rest part one then. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think you don't even know what's coming out this month. Yeah, I have blinders on. Or where you want to start, Justice League? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start off with uh, a Silver. Oh yeah, them. <laughs> oh yeah, them. Our sponsor, Aroba Silver. You can find them at arobasilver.com. They make all sorts of different types of jewelry, silver jewelry. And as we keep saying, the thing that we love them for is their Green Lantern ring selection. They have this wide variety of Green Lantern rings, all different types of uh, styles. You have Kyle, Hal, you have the uh, the ever-lovable Alan Scott ring, one of my favorites. Uh, and you have those rings in different looks. Like, you'll have, like, a pure silver ring. If you want some green in it, they have that. They have a whole bunch of different options. They have uh, Green Lanterns of Earth rings, where you can get a ring, you know, that says Hal Jordan, one that says John Stewart, one for Kyle Rayner, and one for Guy Gardner. And they also have the option where you can actually add your own name or any other name if you like. I suppose if you really wanted to, you could have them put on, like, Wave Rider or something like that, but only I would want to do that. Jurgens wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> But if you go there, arobasilver.com, check it out. If you type in the discount code DSC10, it's good for 10% off. So you save some money, and you get an awesome Green Lantern ring. So definitely check it out. Okay, now Justice League. All right, so I guess just just to start off for reference, right now the Justice League is made up of uh, Red Tornado, Plastic Man, Zatanna... Vixen, the female Dr. Light, and Gypsy. This is a lot of uh, Justice League Detroit people in here right now. And I have no idea what happened before this issue, but they're all in really bad shape. And, like, they just they just came from a big fight. Plastic Command can't stop himself from melting. Red Tornado has a big hole through his chest. Vixen seems to have a robotic leg. I'm not sure where that came from. And they come back to the Hall of Justice where, you know, if you've been reading the Blackest Night miniseries, all of those dead villains got up out of their, you know, their zombie refrigerator or whatever they had. So they show up, they're looking around, all of a sudden they're ambushed by Zatanna's zombie father. And, you know, Zatanna whisks the two of them away while she's trying to keep him from just magically you know, blinking them to death. So while they're going through the Hall of Justice, Dr. Light, I, I'm just going to call her, like, 
what is her name? Kimiko? Is that how we pronounce that? I, yes. I'm just going to call her by her real name, just so it doesn't get confusing. So so the rest of the league, minus Zatanna, is going through the Hall of Justice, and Kimiko splinters off from them, because she's looking for something. She can feel something wrong. And she finds Arthur Light, the, the original male villain Dr. Light that was killed by the Spectre back in, I, I want to say, Final Crisis, I don't know. And those two start to fight, and the rest of the group is ambushed by Black Lantern's Vibe and Steel. These are dead members of the Justice League Detroit. Fighting, fighting, fighting on all fronts. The living people are doing pretty poorly. Eventually the good guys win. That's basically it. Yeah, eventually <laughs> the good, eventually the good guys win. Kimiko, at the very end, when her kids are threatened, because she's apparently a mother of, I think, two, she, she just blows away some Black Lanterns with this just pure, intense white light. And it takes everything out of her. She passes out. And at the end of the day, the entire, like, the team is alive, but they're completely wrecked. Red Tornado might be dead again. And Gypsy's the only one conscious. Okay. Alright, so what do you think? Well, um, you have the art, you have the story, and then you have, like, the choice of characters. So, like, what I what I think, like, we need to cover first is the choice of characters. Because, like, you know, here we have the Justice League. And, like, disregarding how I actually feel about this story, what, you know, good or bad, I'll, I'll get to that, you know, in a little bit. But the character choice that they, you know, that they're going with right now, I mean, you know, Vixen, Gypsy, you know, Plastic Man, Red Tornado, like, this is the Justice League? I mean, come on. Seriously. Don't start that. To me, a team book is where you should be sticking the characters that won't show up in their own series. You know, I mean, maybe not necessarily this specific group of them, but... Look, look no, what, what you're saying, you know, what you're saying, I I agree with. And I don't... I'm, I'm not going to knock that philosophy at all. However, I will say that when you take all of those characters that can't support their own books and you put them all together on a team, then, and you don't have anybody else, like, you know, like, basically weighing the team down, you know, like, if this was, like, Superman and his band of misfits, then, you know, it's, like, at least if you hate everybody else, then you get you still got Superman, you know, kind of, like, weighing it down kind of thing. Yeah, kind of, like... Batman and the Outsiders back in the day. You know? Right, right. You know, like, okay, so maybe you're not that big of a fan of the, you know, judo master soul sword girl. Katana. No, I'm talking about over on Outsiders. So am I. What's her name? Katana. Oh, I thought you said Zaytana. No, <laughs> Z- that's Zatana. It's this Katana. They're completely different. <laughs> um, Yeah, but, like, I, it's... This is the Justice League. You know, if you want to throw in a couple of, you know, eighth stringers every once in a while so they get some face time, that's one thing. But an entire Justice League filled with, like, you know, bottom-of-the-barrel characters? This is also a really transitional Justice League. 
Because, I mean, pl- the plans for this book got screwed up when, um, oh, God, who was it? Dwayne McDuffie got kind of fired. Because originally, like, James Robinson was going to be doing his his whole thing off in his own book while Dwayne McDuffie was going to be doing this book. And then they got rid of McDuffie. So Robinson's other thing turned into a miniseries, which is going to lead into this book, which he would also write, except the miniseries is taking longer, so he's kind of doing this fill-in stuff until the timelines match up or whatever. So, like, I'm not even sure who the team's going to be, like, after, like, another story arc or two. Plus, I still think they're going to reunite, like, the big seven or whatever for the anniversary year, which we're already in. Right. Yeah, I can see that happening a little later down the line, but I think for now, he's probably going to pull in a bunch of people from that miniseries that he's writing. You know what um what occurred to me after I read this is that um John Stewart and Firestorm are both on this team. And John Stewart is busy out in space with Blackest Night and Firestorm is inside other Firestorm right now. So it's like they kinda do have their more heavy hitters or more high profile characters. But they're just kind of not there. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, okay, that's that's fine and good, but still, it is the Justice League, and, like, this is the third issue, I guess. I guess number number 40 is the third issue where it's just been this team, you know? Actually, it might have even been an issue or two before that that was just this team. I can't remember if Firestorm and, and Jon Stewart were in those I don't know. This is the first Justice League I've read in a while, so I'm not sure. Actually, the last issue I read was um, that one Shane Davis drew, where Hal and Ollie pretty much quit or something. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was the last time I read Justice League, so... Well. Speaking of character choices, I, I get them wanting to bring back Zatanna's dad. Right. But when I turn that page... And I saw a guy dressed like a magician yelling abracadabra. Yeah. And there's a Flash villain who is kind of a magician who's dead, <laughs> named named Abracadabra. Yeah. Who, his thing is he shows up out of nowhere and yells his own name. I thought this was Abracadabra. And then I turned the page, and I'm like, Dad. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess that's good, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I knew that it was going to be the father. And Red Tornado, like, you know, just for effect, is like, Zaytara, you know, just for the sake of <laughs> having his name out there, because they don't say it again anywhere else. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes sense that they would go with him to, you know, to fight Zaytana. I don't have an issue with with who they chose as Black Lanterns. And, I mean, to be perfectly honest, like, my misgivings, you know, about the cast of characters, like... Uh, issue 38, I actually did read that. And it was basically like an issue of them bitching about how they weren't strong enough and that they couldn't do it. And basically, like, you know, everything that I'm feeling as far as they shouldn't be the Justice League, that's what they did last last issue. They just talked about not being good enough, which made for a pretty crummy issue. It's kind of cool they're on the same page as the reader. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know, pushing all that aside... I actually did like the story. I thought it was a very, you know, like a well-told story. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like is there are two... I guess I can chalk this up to dialogue. There are two pages here, two panels, really, where I was just like, 
Alright, alright, that, that's enough. The first page is right after Zatara shows up, and he sees all of them in, in like, Black Lantern vision. And, like, they're all a myriad of colors except for Red Tornado, because he's a robot, poor him. Right. And there's, like, 30 little Black Lantern speech bubble readout <laughs> things on this page. It's like, love, fear, fear, hope, hope, fear, will, will, rage, love, will, fear, hope, love. <laughs> like, really? Did you did you need that? And then the, on the very next page, I don't. maybe you skipped this. I didn't. I stuck it out. When uh, Zatanna and Zatara are basically, like, they're casting against each other. Like, he keeps trying to... Oh, yes. Like, they're they're literally saying, he's like kill the heroes, and she's saying, like, no, don't do that, and she's like, he's like, undo her spell, no, undo his spell, and they just keep going back and forth. Yeah. And, which would be fine, except the way their magic works is they have to speak everything backwards. Yeah. So so I'm I'm sitting there for, like, ten minutes just, like, deciphering, deciphering this, like, backwards speak when it's really, like, I would almost describe it as, like, adolescent schoolyard bickering. It's like, like, no, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. I hate you. I hate you more. You're stupid. <laughs> you're adopted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was so glad when they just went away. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. But I have to say, like, I did, I definitely did stick it out and read all of it. I, I mean, there's not, there's not really a lot to say about the story. Um, it, it basically, you know, it went down the way that it should go down, you know? It was pretty interesting. Uh, James Robinson, like, for James Robinson, I think most of the stuff that I've read by him is pretty good. I don't think I've read anything by him I outright disliked, you know? Oh, actually, the Extreme Justice, the Justice League of America Extreme Justice, the one that we were talking about before, the one that's going to filter into this one, That that's something that, like, it's unreadable. Extreme Justice? Isn't Extreme Justice, like, a series from, like, the 80s? Yes, but I think, like, right now, like, the miniseries... Oh, was it Cry for Justice? Oh, that... Oh, yes. yeah, I hear that's awful. <laughs> oh, God, it's... Oh. I mean, with, with the first issue, they were literally, like, you know, at the end of each of their vignettes, they were literally crying out for justice. <laughs> was it, like, a dramatic panel of, like, them with a fist to the air just screaming out the word justice? Yes. Wow. Yes. And and then the other really good part was that you had something that Jeff Johns had written about, I don't know, I think it was uh, Blackest Night 1 like, came out right around that time, or you know, some, something Green Lantern that Jeff Johns had come out with. And Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, is like, yeah, Hal, you know, Batman and I, you know, we always were, you know, good friends. And then in this Cry for Justice... Hal is saying to Ollie, it's like, I never liked Batman. We were never friends. We never saw eye to eye. <laughs> it's like, it's it's so, wow, that's that sticks out, like, a lot. That was also the, uh, I think, the issue where Hal had mentioned he had, like, a three-way with the Huntress and Lady Blackhawk. I remember that post on the forum. And then the other thing was that they were charging three ninety nine in an issue. You got 22 pages of story, and then, like, I don't know, a couple of pages in the back about, it, like, an origin of a character in the series or something like that, but it was mostly text. Like, the whole thing was just, like, such a letdown. The art was great, though. 
did it ever finish? Or is it still going? No, it's still got one more issue, I think. One or two more issues. Jeez. And this isn't that like six issues long? <laughs> I think seven. That's awesome. <laughs> um Let's talk about Doctor Light. Okay. Now I I honestly I was reading this. I really wasn't sure how far they were going to go. Because, like, if, if if anyone listening doesn't know, a few years back, the story Identity Crisis kind of retconned the, the zany, wacky Titans villain Dr. Light into being basically a serial rapist that got lobotomized by Zatanna and uh, subsequently got his memory back. Ever since then, every single time he's shown up, he's either been talking about it or attempting it again. And here we have we have zombie Dr. Light going after regular Dr. Light, Kamiko. And it's like in some places they just kinda kinda nod towards it and other places they're like they're almost like flat out saying that he's trying to like rape her. But and at the same time if you read his dialogue in a different, you know, light, he could almost just be talking about eating her heart like it gets it gets pretty intense in here like at one point he he knocks out Kimiko and he's waiting for her to wake up and you just hear him talking to himself and he's like alluding to that he he might have done something to her while she was passed out he's he keeps encouraging her to fight back as hard as she can he's like he keeps ripping at her clothes and it's it's just, it's just really intense yeah like and considering, like, this is the same, like, this is the same writer who, you know, spoiler for Cry for Justice, a few weeks ago had, what is it, Red Arrow's arm ripped off on panel, and had him, like, walking around with one arm bleeding out. So I'm like, okay, you know what, I, I'm not actually sure what he'll have happen. <laughs> There's no telling. Plus, there is precedent to to have it with this character, in a Justice League base. True, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the one thing that they really didn't do well was give us any um, any clue as to what the heck Gypsy's powers are. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not even... What does she do? She can turn invisible. Right. And she can manipulate light to a limited degree. It's like we see stuff because light bounces off something and back into our eyes. So she can bend light around herself, but she can also kind of, I guess, tweak it so that you see it differently. That, Like, they, they made a reference to, I think they called it a light painting or something. Right. Where um, Black Lantern Steel has a projection of his father running at him or whatever. Right. It's basically like she can make herself invisible and make limited illusion. Wow. Oh my god. What? You didn't get that? Come on. No, no. I'm just thinking about how my view of this current Justice League just dropped even lower. Well, I'll agree. She really shouldn't be there. Like, she. <laughs> like, I, I didn't even know she was alive, tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what stinks? You know what really stinks? Like, I'm gl- I like the Black Lanterns they chose, but the missing members of Justice League Detroit are Martian Manhunter and Aquaman, both yes. of whom are Black Lanterns. Right. And I understand not bringing them in, because if they did, this team would have been decimated in the first <laughs> half of issue one. But Yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess if they 
took Gypsy and, like, used her light-bending powers to be able to fight them somehow. Oh, she's not that good. Like, I guess. They, they, they had... Look at how many times their their go-to answer to fighting these things was, Quick Vixen, be like a fish. <laughs> yes, yes. And be I, I like a fish and shoot lasers out of your face. I didn't realize that Plastic Man's goggles were like, you know, magnifying lenses. I didn't think they were real goggles. I thought that's just what his eye is. <laughs> um... You mentioned the art. What do you think of the art? Art Bagley's DC work has been quite the controversial deal. Yeah. Uh, so far, everything that I've seen, Mark Bagley... Mark, Mark Bagley? Or Mark Bagley? I think it's Bagley. Okay. Like Bag Lady. <laughs> it's, it's so hit and miss. Like, I, I, I can't even, you know, I can't even give you the... the the, uh, how far it extends, you know? Like, it's just, it's so hit and miss. Like, there are some panels that he'll do, which I think are absolutely beautiful. Like that, the DC Halloween special. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. The, uh, the ice, picture of ice at the end of that story. Oh, yeah, he's why you like that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, like, that panel was gorgeous. And there are definitely some panels in here that I do really like. Like, he draws an awesome Dr. Light, um, you know, evil Dr. Light. All the zombies are great. Um, you know, and there, there are some panels in here where, like, the women look really good. And then there are some panels where it's just, like, it just looks odd. It just looks really odd. What are your thoughts? I think there's a lot of average. Like, if you look at the first, like, five or whatever pages of issue 39... All the way up through, when you get that double page spread of them walking into the Hall of Justice, up to and including that, I think looks really, really good. And then it kind of like tapers off a little bit, and then it comes back later, like, like, uh, where is it? I just lost it. Uh, like, I'm looking at the page where Red Tornado is just, like, opening up on Black Lantern vibe, and like, there's so much, like, it's such a kinetic sequence of panels, like, it's it's really really good. Yeah, yeah. Like pretty much any time he gets to focus on like like a splash page, it turns out great. But it's like it's like some of the smaller stuff. Part of me wants to say like I think it I think he's the kind of artist where it really really matters who's inking him. Because I've seen like some promo covers and whatever for his like upcoming Justice League issues right. where it looks so like, it doesn't look finished, you know, and, and, you know, promo covers aren't always finished, but, like, he's, I think his style benefits greatly from having a really clean inking job done to it, you know? I think another thing with his art is, uh, the eyes. A lot of times the eyes, you know, kind of, like, end up just, like, detracting from, from an image. You know, if, like, you go through here, you know, like, a lot of the characters where you don't see their eyes, like, like the zombies, you know, they all look great. Plastic Man, you know, uh, Red Tornado, all of them. But then you have, it, you know, like, Vixen and uh, Zaytana and stuff like that, where, like, he'll draw, like, their eye, like, you know, like, wide open or something like that, and all of a sudden it just, like, throws everything off. He draws big eyes. Yeah. I think every time they have, like, a flashback sequence in these issues, I think it looks really great. Like, really, really good. Uh, the one thing I did want to talk about was the cover. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the 
not triptych. What, is it? what would this be? A duplic? What do they call two two covers that come together? <laughs> uh, puzzle. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait. The thing that I love about this, like, and I didn't realize this until, you know, just recently. If you look at it, like, the first cover, issue 39, it's got, you know, the two Dr. Lights and Plastic Man. And you can't see anything else. So, but, like, if you looked, if you read issue 38, then there was already, like, you saw that Dr. Light was going to be coming. And you knew that, the doc, you know, the good Dr. Light and Plastic Man were already going to be in the issue. So, like, you know, if you were reading this, you would have no idea, like, what was going to be happening in this issue aside from a fight between characters that you already knew were going to be in it. And it's not until issue 40, the second part of the puzzle, that has all the rest of the characters who are introduced in issue 39. So the cover, like, actually doesn't spoil what happens in the issue. That's, that's actually a good point. It's It's something that I notice, and, you know, we'll get to it when we get to Outsiders, but... A lot of times, like, people just, they don't put any thought into that. And this, like, it really shows that he did put a lot of thought into it as far as not revealing the characters who get brought back to life right on the cover of the first part. This is kind of the opposite of the whole Tales from the Core cover, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, this was, there was a lot of thought put into this. Now, the thing with Kimiko severing connections with White Light Right. Why'd that work? Well, I have a couple of theories. Like, one, it could be the fact that it's really bright, you know, white light connected to a very strong emotional, you know, person, you know? So it's it's light combined with emotions. But then on top of that, you know, right all through issue 40, Dr. Light, is, you know, keeps on saying how you've never tapped into the full potential of your light powers, and it's not until, like, she's finally pushed to the very edge with, you know, threatening her, her kids, where she finally just, like, completely unleashes the full extent of her light powers, which, you know, maybe it, maybe it actually does have some sort of connection to, you know, the, uh, the emotional spectrum. And, you know, she does it, like, twice, basically, and then she's completely knocked out. So, you know, it's not like she's going to be a viable weapon against Black Lanterns because it expends too much energy. Hmm. I'll buy that. Yeah. I, what I'm very glad is that when uh, Vixen turned into her little fish and magnified <laughs> it through the lens, I'm glad that didn't kill them because that would have just been, like, retarded. Throw them in the ocean! The fish <laughs> will kill them! <laughs> oh, boy. That, no, that's why you get Black Lantern Aquaman, so you can order all the fish not to. The one thing that I, I thought would have been nicer was the, um, you know, if they're in, whenever you're in the Justice League, you know, Hall of Justice or any of their bases, and any time that they're kind of like going around the areas where they have like stored, you know, stuff, I want to see a lot of, you know, like artifacts. I want to see a lot of artifacts that have popped up in the past. You know, like this one, you got you got the Mobius chair, you got Orion's flight stand, uh, at one point, they throw the, the rocket red armor. Um, but, like, when the Mobius chair and Orion's flight stand is, there's, like, one other thing. And it kind of looks like Iron Man's Centurion armor. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what it is, but that's what it looks like. No, no, that's what it is. <laughs> it was that time Iron Man joined the Justice League in the 80s. You, you remember. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, it was a wild decade. You know, I mean, aside from giving a little more backstory on, like, uh, Gypsy, like, the, the little intro parts that they had, like, giving backstories to Vibe and Steel, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, after a while, I couldn't stand Vibe's, like, dialogue, accent, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, but I told myself, it's okay. That's how it was back when he was alive. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And I've been, I've been all kind of half joking about wanting to see Black Lantern vibe pop up, and now we got like more of him than I could have ever wanted or needed. You know, if if the accent wasn't so irritating, um, then I I wouldn't be disappointed if he gets brought back to life. So, next up we have Brave and the Bold number thirty. Shall I uh, do this one? Well, first we should. Like, tell people what Brave and Bold is. It's a comic book. No, it's a kind of candy bar. I ate mine. <laughs> the staples gave me bleeding. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's basically, it's DC's team-up book. It, like, like, the first round of it started back in the 50s, where it was essentially, you know, Batman plus whoever every issue. And they resurrected it, like, a couple years ago. Now, um, it's where J. Michael Straczynski kind of takes random DC characters and just puts them together for a one-shot every month. And and this time we got Hal Jordan and Dr. Fate. Well, yeah, J. Michael Straczynski on this current batch, but they've gone through quite a few uh, writers. So, this uh, whole book is about how um, one of the Dr. Fates, Kent Nelson... Um, he was, was it, a couple of Dr. Fates ago? Uh, one or two. Back in the Justice League International era, he was there, Dr. Fate. Yes. So, Dr. Fate, he has just, uh, you know, he just battled a, a villain, and he's kind of, like, reflecting, kind of wondering, you know, how things are going to be for him in the future. So, he, he meets up with Green Lantern, you know, he's out in space just kind of reflecting, and Green Lantern stops by. And they shake hands. And, you know, because, oh, Green Lantern's always been such a good friend to Dr. Fate. And then we flash to, like, present day, or not present day, but, you know, much, much more recent. And Hal Jordan is kind of, like, stuck on a dead planet. It's like a, or a dying planet. All the people there are, you know, have died out, but there's, like, a defense system of these metal insectoid flying robot things that when they slice you, there's like poison or something on there, you know, on the metal or whatever. So Hal Jordan's fighting them off. One of them gets through and kind of cuts them. So it's like poison. He realizes it's poison. He gets out of there, like to the other side of the planet as soon as possible to seek safety. And when he and he passes out, when he wakes up, his energy, you know, is almost gone. He's got about 20 minutes worth of power, and the nearest planet that could sustain life is an hour away. Which, you know, that that I'll, I'll get to in a little bit. But uh, he's trying to find another power source on the planet so that he can signal for help. And when he asks the ring, there's only one power source around, and it's within the ring. So he asks the ring to show him. And sure enough, it's a duplicate version of Kent Nelson, Dr. Fate, who 
when they shook hands all those many years ago, Dr. Fate had kind of, like, left a piece of him inside the ring. And, you know, it's, like, his personality, his powers, and he's kind of, like, he's helping Hal Jordan to ease the pain. Hal Jordan lets him know that he ends up dying along with his wife because they, you know, he something happens with his powers and he can no longer keep the both of them vital. So they end up growing old and dying. So Dr. Fate, you know, he's kind of leery on going back to the present and, you know, telling himself that he's going to die because he knows that he can't do anything about it. But, you know, Hal's like, well, you have to go back. You have to let yourself know so you can fix it. They have a debate you know, on what is free will and what is fate. And Dr. Fate ends up deciding that he's going to use his powers to send Hal Jordan back to Oa to recharge instead of sending this copy back to the Dr. Fate in the past to let him know what happens. And just as Dr. Fate is about to send him, Hal, you know, is like, well, what if this is what, you know, what, what if this is what's caused the problem? You know, you not getting your your piece of your soul and your energy back. You know, what if this is what ends up, you know, causing your death? And Dr. Fate realizes that, you know, this is what he's got to do. He's got to save Hal Jordan, you know. He can't change the past. So he saves Hal Jordan, and this duplicate kind of, like, just fades away. And then we flash back to the past, and we have, like, a nice reflection from, you know, the Dr. Fate back then, the actual Dr. Fate who's waiting for his duplicate to return and pass on the experiences that he had. But when it doesn't come back, he realizes that it was probably just, you know, it was a bad idea to do anyway, because it was just for vanity. And, you know, he just goes off to live his life and, you know, be happy in the time that he has. This was good. This was good. (laughs) This is a fun story. When I first, when I read the first page, cause this is, like, the first page is, or the first, what, two, three? The first, the first scene is a flashback to, like, an actual issue of Justice League International. Where, you know, it's at the end of a story arc where the team had to fight somebody named the Gray Man, who, you know, I don't know exactly his deal. I know he can, like, he can possess people's bodies and whatever. And he's one of these characters that, you know, no matter what, there will always be a gray man. And my initial fear was that, like, like just seeing the dude from the back, he's wearing jeans and, like, a, a some kind of brown jacket. I thought, like, okay, is this going to be, like, like Hal Jordan eventually or something? Is he going to get stranded on this planet and have to stay there for years until fate gets this globule cosmic lord of order or whatever to send him back in the time and whatever and, and it turned out to be very much not that and i'm i'm really happy like they went really really kind of uh, i almost want to say highbrow with it when like like that entire scene was just for the sake of of getting kent to start thinking about his own mortality because yeah. it's like okay there's always going to be a gray man even if this particular guy dies. So what does that mean for Dr. Fate, who is a legacy character? Yeah, I, I mean, it's... Like like I said, the only thing that I have, like, you know, a little uh, point of contention on is the fact that traveling at, you know, the fastest speed, Hal Jordan wouldn't get to another inhabited planet 
for an hour. I mean, like, I think usually it takes, like, uh, you know, just a couple of hours to get from Oa to Earth. So, you know, it seems to me like there would definitely be, you know, inhabited planets or even just a planet that could sustain him, you know. You know, but I'll disregard that for the sake of the story. But, uh... I mean, we don't know where this planet is, so, like, who knows what's around it. And plus, it almost gives you this built-in built-in uh, excuse almost that, you know, Hal is poisoned. He even says, like, in here, like, like his he's not thinking straight. Oh. That's a good point. Yeah, it's like, I'm looking at, a, here we go, the first the first present-day page, he's saying, like, fever's so bad it's hard to think straight. Not sure I could command the ring even if it was, wasn't almost out of charge. Right, okay. Then he passes out, like, two minutes later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll buy that. I I mean, it's it's a very good story. It's like, you know, what is fate? What is willpower? You know, do you control your own destiny, or does destiny control you? These are a great pair of characters to put together, because I mean, I've never really thought of them like that, you know? Yeah. What do you think of the idea of him, like, hiding a piece of his own soul and power away in the ring? For, I guess, the mechanics of it, I'm fine with it, because he's, he's like, he's, he's DC's Doctor Strange. He should be able to do that kind of thing. Yeah. I was surprised that he wanted to, because I've always thought of Doctor Fate, and I should say the Doctor Fate I've read the most of is Hector Hall, who is just a different character than this guy, but I've always thought of Doctor Fate as being the more, like, I don't know, like more responsible and more like almost stoic kind of kind of guy who wouldn't use his power for like just kind of kind of trivial personal stuff, you know. I did like that um when Hal asked basically the same question, he just pauses for a second and is like, "Yeah, I I I hear you you have a problem with yellow." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great line. And I gotta say, like, my first thought when I read that was like, okay, that's funny, but it's kind of dumb, because, well, maybe JMS doesn't know that his ring doesn't work on yellow. And then I immediately stopped and realized, this is Kent Nielsen from Justice League International days. Right. When Hal did have the weakness, so he wouldn't know anything about, about like, the state of Hal's ring or whatever now. So it's like, it's, it's almost like if there's any inconsistencies in the present day part of this issue, it can be explained away by the fact that this Dr. Fate's knowledge only goes up to Justice League International, like, the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah, and also, like, the fact that, you know, Hal Jordan's ring was, I guess, pretty much destroyed when he became came Parallax. Like, didn't, like, he destroy his ring, and then from that, they built Kyle's ring? Yeah, and... <laughs> Let's see. He also, somewhere in there, he also made a copy of his ring, gave it to Green Arrow, who kept it in a truck in a junkyard until it got used in Rebirth to make Guy's ring and also become Hal's ring. So there should be, like, like three other Dr. Fates flying around. <laughs> also, there was a ring that I guess Hal had given to Tom Kalamaku, and in Hal Jordan Last Will and Testament, he ended up using that ring to recreate Oa. 
oh yeah, it's a planet now, so there should be another Dr. Fate <laughs> living inside of Oa. <laughs> uh, I, I look at it more along the lines of it was just kind of an enchantment that kind of like tied it to, you know, Green Lantern as, you know, as an entity whenever he had his ring and would need it in, you know, a time of great need or something. Yeah, like he didn't have to actually be physically inside it or anything. Yeah, no. Although they did do that a bunch, but, you know, another yeah. time. Yeah, actually, I was wondering if they were going to go that other, go another route and have some something else come out of the ring also. Yeah, because like, when I looked at the cover for this thing, I thought, huh, weird. I wonder if they're really going to do that. Because <laughs> the <laughs> cover is Hal trying to charge from his battery and Dr. Face just kind of crawling out of the battery. <laughs> just yeah. looking at him. And Hal's like, what the hell? I liked how... Uh... You know, Doctor Fate takes off his helmet, and he tells a little story of the ant. The ant with like trying to stop the sky from falling. Yeah. <laughs> the really surprising thing about this issue is how much fun it was, even though it was just talking heads, and it was not play for humor at all, except for like one brief scene, like that little exchange about "Hi, huh, yellow, who?" Yeah. Yeah, it's you're right. It's it's mostly just talking. And it's just, it's so elegant. And, like, and the art. The art really, really suits this issue well. Oh, yes. Jesus says, I guess is how you say it. (laughs) Or Jesus says. We're not calling him Jesus says. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he do something else recently that we really liked? Uh, I think so. I can't. Um, It had to have been Green Lantern related. Was Was it Wonder Woman? Is he doing Blackest Night Wonder Woman? No, maybe? <laughs> I don't think so. Let me look. No, no, it's not. It's not from him. That's uh, Nicholas Scott was on Blackest Night Wonder Woman. Oh, oh, he was. He did the uh, the covers to all the Red Circle stuff. I didn't read any of that. Maybe it's just from this. Because so I remember, I think I was talking to you about the... Uh... The one issue of this with uh, the Flash and the Blackhawks, right? And I think that's the issue right before this. So if you're if you're listening to this, you like the Flash, go read that issue. It's awesome. Like like honestly, this book, like when it first relaunched, it was I think it was written by Mark Wade, drawn by George Perez, and they tried to kind of like a they tried to make it both your like one shot deal kind of series, but also have those one shots make a larger story. And that was that was all right. It wasn't that great. Well, I read it all in one sitting, so in that way it was all right. Yeah, I guess. It was kind of fun. And then I dropped it for a while, and then when Straczynski came on, I started to notice the book again. And Brave and the Bull became that book where, you know, every month I'll look at the cover, I'll read the blurb, and if it's interesting and I like the pairing, I'll get the issue. And I've just been getting the issues every month it's like it's just it's just a really good just thought-provoking like you said elegant read that you know you can pick up any random issue and get a full story and not have to worry about where it takes place like like this this story like realistically could happen at any time in Haldron's life but we know it takes place sometimes during the Jeff Johns era just because of, like, the cutoff point of his shirt or whatever. Yeah. But there's nothing to say this couldn't be 
you know, Hal Jordan immediately after Rebirth, or Hal Jordan right before Blackest Night, or Hal Jordan after Blackest Night. Like, it doesn't... Like, you don't, even, you don't have to think about it. You just have to think about what's in front of you. The uh, the issue with Flash and uh, Blackhawks was number 28. Oh. I don't know what 29 was then. 29 was, uh, was it Brother Geek? Something or other? Oh, uh, the one with Batman? Yeah, Batman and, uh... Dial H for Hero, maybe? No, Brother Power. Brother Power the Geek. That's the name of the character. What the hell does he do? It, it was, I think he had, like, a Vertigo series for a while. Yeah, issue 27 was uh, Batman and Dial H for Hero. I didn't, yeah, I didn't get to, I didn't see that one. And now that I think about it, I probably would really like to read that because I, I really enjoyed that Hero series. I mean, I'll probably end up going back and filling in whatever issues of Shazuki's that I didn't get. Because, mm-hmm. like, I've been racking my brain, because there's one coming up that features the Atom and the Joker, and I cannot remember if I ordered it. <laughs> oh, wow. I could probably look online and tell very quickly, but eh, maybe later. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's another one after that, or before it, that has uh, Etric and the Demon and Aquaman. Like, all right, why not? Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Etrigan and Aquaman. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, after reading this issue, I am I'm very much inclined to give them a chance and check out other, you know, JMS, Brave and the Bolts. Yeah, I mean, now it's just flat out, it's on my list now. Like, until it steers me wrong, I'm just getting it every month now. I hope this uh, Jesus Says keeps doing the arc, because it's really nice. I know, I keep, every now and then, I just keep flipping back to that title page of Dr. Fate in space looking down at Earth with the sun behind him. Like, it's just awesome. And we have to give props to, like, the color, the colorist, which is uh, Brian Miller of Hi-Fi. It, it just looks so good. Like, there's there's blatantly computer stuff in there, but it doesn't look awkward. Like, it looks like it's part of it. He did uh, the Crime Bible issue, too. Oh, he colored that? No, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm talking about Jesus Says. His name isn't Jesus Says. <laughs> God. Now I want to check that issue out. Because I, I read the third issue, and it was pretty good by a different artist. I think every issue of that had different art teams. Yeah, they did. Number three was by Matthew Clark. All right. That was a nice little palette cleanser for us. Yes. Why don't you tell us what the hell the Outsiders are doing? Oh, God. You don't want to take this one? No, you said you wanted to. Actually, I said I wanted to take JLA, and then you just kind of, like, started talking about it. Really? Yeah. I kind of think that's the opposite of what you said. No. (laughs) Oh. You you should definitely, you should definitely... You want me to do it? I'll do it. Do it. (laughs) Do it. You, you, like, call me yesterday, you're like... Oh, we have to do Outsiders. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll read it tonight at 11.30. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. You made this happen. You deal with it. Oh, yes, definitely. So, issue 24 and 25 of Outsiders. Um, these are the Blackest Night tie-ins. In number 24, you know, it opens. It's given us kind of a, uh, a backstory so back to Terra. Um this is uh, the Earth-moving girl from, I guess, Titans. And, yeah, she can, like I said, she can move the Earth. 
She has a half-brother who is Brian Markov. He's Geoforce. And, you know, he gives, like, a really quick rundown of her life. I thought that was really well done. Um, you know, she, she rises out of the grave, and she goes to the Outsiders, who, you know, just happen to include Geoforce, her half-brother, and she's kind of, like, begging for mercy. She wants to die because she realizes, you know, the horrible things that she just ended up doing in the, the Blackest Night Titans uh, three-issue miniseries. And, you know, she she feels really bad. She can't believe what she did to Gar, who is Beast Boy. And, you know, she feels horrible, and she thinks that, you know, Geoforce is the only one that, you know, can can kill her and end up, you know, you know saving her from her suffering. And meanwhile, you have um, two other characters from The Outsiders. You have Katana. That's her name? Yes, her name's Katana. Because she uses a katana. <laughs> yes, an enchanted katana. And Halo. I, I, I'm guessing her name is Halo. Yeah. Or her actual name is Violet, but which is interesting. Don't forget the Creeper. Yeah, and then there's also the Creeper, who is in the back of this like armored truck that they're driving, and he's guarding Killer Croc. So they're, you know, the Halo and Katana are in the front of the truck they're driving, and, you know, they're just kind of, like, chilling out. They're doing girl talk. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have three Black Lanterns, like, just standing in the middle of the road, and the tallest of the three has a, you know, a glowing Katana blade himself, which he uses to smash the entire, you know, armored truck that they're driving in two. Sends everybody, you know, flying, you know, they're all smashed up, at, at which point it's revealed that these three Black Lanterns are the father, not the father, the husband of Katana, as well as her two kids, which died in a fire. So she's just, like, totally relieved to see him. And then you have Halo, who, like, realizes that, you know, wait a second, they just tried to kill us. <laughs> Apparently Katana forgot that fact. <laughs> And she's, you know, all, you know, lovey-dovey and palling out with them. She's so happy to see her family, which is understandable. They don't know anything about the Black Lanterns at this point because they're driving around. And, uh, you know, Halo is trying to, you know, I guess use her energy powers, whatever, to, you know, beat them up. Creeper is kind of like holding Katana away so she doesn't, you know, get beat up in the blast. And... When the, the bodies, you know, hit the ground, all of a sudden they start regenerating and going after Halo. And uh, her powers are kind of like making them disintegrate, but they're still coming. Katana has to go up against her husband while Halo is going up against one of the kids. And Creeper is kind of like checking on uh, Killer Croc to make sure he's okay. That's issue 24, which I have to say, very nice art. Then we have issue 25. <laughs> yeah, issue 25. Um Yeah. Issue 25 starts out still pretty good, I have to say. Um you know, they Geoforce really does not want to have to kill his sister. Um she even rips his heart her her own heart out to show him just how black it is. He's just like, "Listen, I'm not going to kill you." But don't worry, you know, with all the connections that we have, we can help you, we can save you. At which point, Tara is like, okay, well, 
that's about as far as you're, you know, going to go as far as feeling, you know, sorry for me or having hope. So now I'm going to reveal my, my plan, which was all along, to kill you and <laughs> eat, your, eat your hearts. Then we flash over to Katana, who's, you know, fighting her, you know, deceased Black Lantern husband. Still going well. You know, she, with her, uh, her sword is the soul catcher. So it kind of like, you know, more than a sword, it can like look into people's souls and stuff like that. So she gets a glimpse of Necron and, you know, his actual plan, which is pretty interesting. And, uh, you know, Halo passes out because they're, you know, grasping her, her throat. So she's not getting any oxygen. So they kind of have to wait for her to wake up before they can, you know, make her feel emotions and kill her, rip her heart out. You know, there's a, a fight, you know, there are a bunch of fighting, lots and lots of fighting. They're, you know, trying to chop up and kill all these, you know, Black Lanterns. Finally, Halo just gets so pissed off, she, like, uses her powers to their utmost or something and is able to sever the connection of the two kids and then the father. So, okay, they're fine. You know, they're, now they're safe because they just got rid of the Black Lanterns. Then we turn the page, and apparently this comic goes into Bizarro <laughs> Land. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm going to take a break here from review, from giving the synopsis, and just say if anybody out there has ever watched the Clerks animated series from Kevin Smith, have you ever seen that, Dan? I've I haven't watched it, but I know what it looks like. Okay, well, there's an episode where, like, it's like this this tense episode where they're in court, you know, and they're talking to the judge, and all of a sudden, they make a point of saying, at, near, the, near the end of the show, that they ran out of funds to, for the animators, so the rest of the animation had to be, you know, done in Japan to, you know, to save money. And the whole thing turns into, like, this, like, you know, hysterical anime mess that has actually <laughs> nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It's completely bizarre, but absolutely hysterical. That's awesome. Yeah. That's exactly what happens here. You have, like, this, it's, yeah, you have an insane, you know, it's like, what I would say an actually, you know, decent, you know, issue and a half. And then you make this one-page trip, and all of a sudden the, 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 the art style changes, like, drastically to this, like, cartoony style, like, absolutely cartoony style. And, I mean, the art's not great, but, like, there's a battle, and I say that loosely because Terra is using her Earth-moving powers, and the heroes are just kind of, like, hanging out, not doing anything, not fighting back at all. Um, Owlman, who, you know, shoots something out of his head, he has, like, these two little horns, shoots them out of his head into her eyes. <laughs> magically flies straight to her to, to her eyes. I guess they're eye-seeking horns or something, which distracts her, and they all get freed, but then she's going to bring the roof down. The, the heroes, again, they're just kind of hanging out. Um, we flip, flip over to the, the other characters, Katana and the rest of them. Um, they're just chilling out for a little bit. Then we go back to the, you know, the, the big battle scene where... The heroes now are using their powers to fight Rock. They're, they're completely avoiding Terra. They don't want to have to deal with that at all. The dialogue goes completely down the drain as they all scream out cliches. You're going down, Terra! Terra 
creates these two, like, oh, actually four, Black Lantern rock formations, um, and sends them at all the, the different characters. Um, Metamorpho, who, like, refuses to use his powers, apparently, decides to finally start using his powers, but only to get out of the way of the rock formations. Um... And just as she's about to, like, I guess, kill her brother, um, Halo pops in, takes off her ring, and while the ring is off, Geoforce finally displays that he actually does have powers, which you haven't seen at all for the, throughout the entire issue, and he turns her to stone, and while she's stone, Halo is able to sever the connection of the ring mysteriously. So now they're safe, and um, they all live happily ever after. I really liked this for an issue and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say, like, like, I don't think the art in the second half of Part 2 was bad. It was just bad for this, and bad to try and squish in there when we have such a radically different look for everything else, you know? In some other project, in some other series, I would look at this art and I would probably be happy. Maybe not for superhero stuff, but, like, this is good comic art. It's just wholly inappropriate for this issue, you know? (laughs) You know, what's even worse about it is that if that art was the art that you had seen for, like, the first issue and a half, and then it switched over to the other style, I, you know, like, then it, it would have been easier to deal with. But they go with, like, this absolutely cartoony art style for, like, what should essentially be the most serious part of the issue. If anyone wants a comic that <laughs> screams out, we had to make our deadline, this is it. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Because, again, like, up through Halo severing the connections of um, Katana's family, that's all fine. And then, as soon as you turn the page, not only does the art completely change, but the writing quality drops off, too. Yes. And, like, the dialogue becomes contrived, and it's like, it's like they got this much done, and then realized they had, like, a week before it had to be printed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like what what I like the downside to issue 24 and the first half of 25 is that they don't they don't they only give you a background of Terra. So, mm-hmm. you know, like where you had, you know, um Doom Patrol where they give you like a really good look at like who all the characters are. They give you like a working knowledge of basically everybody. Like you read those two issues and you're pretty much set with Doom Patrol. You now know enough about Doom Patrol to enjoy it. And even with Rebels, you know, they made a point of putting in all those little info boxes so you found out everything about all the characters. You know, like, here you have issues that are built as jumping-on points for new readers. So it makes sense to give people a background on these characters. Like, at this point, I have no idea what Geoforce's powers are, I have no idea who Owlman is. I'm just going to call him Mr. Watchman for the rest of this. (laughs) I don't know if Metamorpho actually has any powers at this point, because he didn't display them throughout these entire two issues. 
we don't know anything about the outsiders. I have no idea who who Halo actually is, aside from the fact that she has light powers. Katana, I know a slight bit about from, you know, just other issues, and that's the only way that I'd know anything about her. I feel like we got to, we got inside Katana's head a good a good amount here just because of everything like just between everything her family said and her reactions to them I feel like we got to know Katana. I feel like they told a decent story about Katana. I don't know that we actually know Katana. You know, like they give you enough to go on so that you feel something emotionally for Katana, but I don't think that they did a good job like you know explaining anything about her. I liked in the beginning where, like, they really hit you with, like, okay, Tara's not really a good person. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was surprised by that, but I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. Well, the other thing is, with issue 24, one of the downsides, I would say, is that, well, it's actually an upside and a downside. You're going through this, and like you said, yeah, she's not a good person, but... You know, everything that we've seen of the Black Lanterns is that they're going after, you know, people that are alive and trying to kill them. But here you actually have, you know, she's like, you know, I need you to kill me so that I stop doing bad stuff. She was playing them. I know, but you don't know that until the second issue. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that, I think, is a very interesting take. But the downside to that is that if you look at the cover, you know, it's almost like... You know, it's setting up the fact that she is playing them. So it would have been nice to kind of, you know, hide that fact a little. You know, a different cover really would have gone a long way to, you know, keeping up the illusion that she is trying to at least, you know, get help. Because, like, the the fact that, like, I, I actually was starting to think that maybe this was a Black Lantern who says, you know what, I really don't like what I've been doing. And... You know, I want I want to I want you to kill me so that I don't keep doing this. Really? Well, that that's a, that was an interesting, you know, story point to take for a Black Lantern story. I mean, the fact that they jumped right from her rising to her already in the middle of a conversation with her brother, to me, like, kind of telegraphed, like, like, all right, no matter what, this is her just cutting to the chase and trying to get his emotions going. That's something I like. Like this very clearly takes place after the Blackest Night Titans miniseries. Yes. Yeah. She even she even references it. I remember the first time I saw these covers solicited, my first thought was like, I can't believe how much mileage they're getting out of Black Lantern Terra. Yeah. <laughs> She's had like five issues so far. They might <laughs> as well have done a Black Lantern Terra miniseries. <laughs> I thought it was funny. In a uh, 25, once she starts bringing the roof down, the the outsiders apparently have the severed head of Mister Freeze in their closet. I don't even want to know why. I just like it. Is that just his head? I assumed it was his head. I think it's his body. Oh, that's not as cool then. It took me back to the cartoon. Like, like, did you see the Batman Beyond episode with Mister Freeze in it? Um. It's in the future, so all that they could preserve was his head. So it kind of, it kind of walks around on little pincers sometimes. Oh, I remember the toy. Yeah, that was. I'm like, yeah, that's like the cartoon. Woo! Yeah, well, that's like you know the the, the cover to number twenty five. You know, you have him fairly prominently on the cover. That and I love I love Croc's little arm. 
which I, I can only assume Katana cut it off and it's regrowing because he's a reptile or something, but, you know. Wait, where? In the, like, when they first cut to Halo getting in the truck, and you see the creeper in the back sleeping. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You didn't see his little, little arm. <laughs> no, no, because in issue 25, if you go to Wacky Zany Art, his arm is completely fully grown. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, one more thing. They gave him the same teeth as Black Lantern Terror. <laughs> so let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about Halo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I like Halo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Halo is an interesting character. You know what? She, you know who she reminded me of? You better know who I'm going to say already. Well, I have an idea, but... Maybe I don't if I should know who this is. Well, I, no, I'm not saying this is who she is, but who she makes me think of. Oh, who? Uh, Rainbow Girl of the Legion. Oh, really? Did you read that? The Yeah. The, the action comic story? Yeah, and she actually has the powers of the emotional spectrum. Yeah, and, like, like it's just this, this random girl in the future who can just naturally tap all the different the different lights. And here we've got... I mean, I don't know about you, but when Halo was severing connections left and right at the end of this, I took it to be because she's emitting, like, different colored lights here. Like, like when she was just firing away at the kids, she was shooting nothing but green and wasn't getting anywhere. Right. When she, when she's, like, she's just erupting with, like, like a mixture of it, it, it severs the connections, which makes me think... You know what? Halo's probably tapping the emotional spectrum the same way Rainbow Girl does. That would be interesting. And do you remember? I because I think I read it on their website when DC did the origin and omens of uh, the Outsiders. They had Scar say something like, "Halo is like an energy being that wields different colored lights. She bears watching, or something like that." So I'm like, you know what? Maybe that is her deal. Maybe she is some kind of, I don't know, sentient emotional spectrum thing or maybe she just taps in and hell, hell maybe she is rainbow girl like maybe something happens to her because i think she is an energy being so, like maybe she like survives to the future and just takes a different form or something or she's like the forebearer of rainbow girl like her her like great 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 Great, 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 great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. That that one. Oh, that one. Yeah, could be. And uh, what do you ma- what do you make of her being kind of called away by the light at the end there? Well, I don't really know. It, it's it's kind of confusing. Like, you know, the fact that it happens in this half of the issue makes me worry that maybe like you know they are just going to completely disregard it and not think about it ever again. I don't know. I have a feeling that she's probably not going to be back for a little while, if not, you know, until completely after Black's Night. I'm wondering if this is, like, the last issue of this, of this uh, take on it, because I think somewhere in here was an ad for, like, the new direction of the Outsiders or something. Yeah, with Superman. Yeah, and where, um, was it? I think the Dio's there. Here it is. Yeah, Dan DiDio is going to be writing it, and Philip Tan is going to be drawing it. Tan. Oh. Like, this issue ended with, like, a a like a nice big the end. 
You know, and it and it and it looked and it looked like it was kind of like Geoforce. Like if you read the last page, the team is kind of a wreck. They all they all seem to be getting back to to their lives because up till now, like like in order to this take on the team, in order to join it, you kind of had to. It was like deploying for military service, where like you had to commit to like a certain tour, and you couldn't go home until you were done. And now we see like. A katana's visiting her family's graves. Metamorphos at at a baseball game, wearing the same <laughs> the same uh, disguise that served the Ninja Turtles so well. Uh, creep, creepers, I don't know, creeping somewhere, and uh, Black Lightning is visiting his daughter, who I guess is in a coma. And Mister Watchman is in the hospital. I guess he hurt his leg. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm, I don't know. It makes me wonder: Is this the final issue of this run of the Outsiders? If, if they're smart, it will be. <laughs> man. Oh, man. You know, like, that first page where this, this comic basically goes to goes to crap, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Because, okay, Terra is, like, trying to keep them back by keeping, keeping them in stone or something. So, I can understand that for maybe Owlman. And maybe Black Lightning doesn't want to use his lightning powers because... He's so close to the other characters, he might blow them up, or, you know, maybe it'll ground his electricity, or whatever. But, what what are Geoforce's powers? His, like, I've looked, they actually say, like, like in Terra's Black Lantern recap dealie at the first issue, they they pretty much say she has the same powers as her brother. D- well, is he, is he sick? Well, why is he not doing anything? Yeah, no, like, like he should really like, like the whole like the whole Zatanna Zatara thing yeah. where they're just canceling each other out. He should be able to do that. Like he should be able to just say like nope, and then just like like walk out of her her construct there. And like Metamorpho. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the biggie. She put the least amount of effort into capturing him, and he's the one that has the highest probability of getting out. Like yeah. he could turn himself corrosive and dissolve through the rock. He could just change his size or something and just like <laughs> slither out of it become a gas he could turn his face into like a hammer and hit her with it it's <laughs> <laughs> but instead he does nothing it, that's like saying we'll stop green lantern by putting handcuffs on him <laughs> that'll do it no no it's it's even worse than that it's like saying we're going to stop green lantern by putting up like a child fence in front of him Put one of those little safety gates where you have to squeeze it together. <laughs> yeah, and like, and this this picture, it's like you have you have him like basically behind the big rock formation, yeah. and there's like these white something or other is in front of him, and when she's like doing the eeny meeny miny mo, he still has these white blips in front of him. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, I actually don't know. I, it, I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. He does they don't do anything. They're just standing there. They don't do anything. It's like it's like they don't have any powers at all. And then it's like Geoforce is like, keep her busy while I keep the ceiling from falling. So he can keep the ceiling from falling, but he can't do anything else. And Black Lightning is like, What the hell do you think we're doing? Um and I'm thinking to myself, Well not much, because you're just standing there. You're not doing anything. Hey, hey, hey. Mr. Watchman threw his ears at her. He was the only one that did anything. 
I and, and then in this this two page splash where you know she's trying to make the ceiling fall on them, you know you see Mister Freeze, the tiny little cameo of Mister Freeze, and then you see like what I imagine is Clayface in this other container. Oh, because they mentioned him at the end. Okay. You know, like I'm kind of thinking, like, wouldn't it be like maybe maybe they'll go that route? Maybe they'll break you know Clayface out so that way he can uh, you know try and smother her or something like that. It's like somebody who's made up of clay against someone who can control, you know, dirt or whatever. But, uh, you know, you know, like, then they finally start using their powers after she creates, like, you know, stone, stone soldiers. And, like, the look on her face is kind of like Power Rangers, Rita Repulsa. It's like, yeah. I want soldiers now, you know? It's like, it's this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I love, I just noticed it now, the panel underneath Black Lightning finally shooting lightning. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Watchman, his, his <laughs> he just picks up a lead pipe and just starts <laughs> hitting them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the worst super team ever. Wait. <laughs> oh, man. And then, and then it's like this entire page, you know, Black Lightning. You're just prolonging the inevitable, Tara. Well, considering that you've just been getting your asses handed to you, I don't think that's really inevitable. And then, you know, Owlman. It's Owlman, right? Yeah. Why not? Sure. It is. It's Owlman. It won't Mr. take Washington. us long to turn these rock creatures into pebbles. And then Metamorpho, who... I guess still isn't using any powers or anything. You've played us long enough. The kid gloves are off, sister, or no sister. And then, of course, you have this horrendous image of Geoforce. You're going down, Tara. <laughs> Boom! It's 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 hysterical because the first issue and a half are really well done. You know, like, I, re- I read that first issue... And I said to you, like, oh, man, I'm like, I really want to do this because, <laughs> you know, I just, I just read uh, just read the first issue. I can't wait to read the second issue. And I'm reading the second issue, and it's, it's going along nice. It's going along good. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great, you know. I'm like, I, I, I kind of miss, you know, getting into The Outsiders because I, I read the whole, you know, Judd Winnick series when he was doing it. Yeah, I like that, too. And then, you know, after that whole mess with the reboot, I kind of, you know, dropped off it. Yeah. But uh, I'm like, oh, this is this is good. I'm enjoying this. It's like, you know, maybe I'll start reading Outsiders again. And then you get to that, that you know, the half half the book, and it's just like, you know, Wah! what happened? It's like, oh, what? We're, re- we're relaunching the book. Ah, oh, screw it then. <laughs> the, what I will point out at this point, though, is... Uh, in number 24, there's a problem with the coloring. Yeah, the compassion... Is orange. Is orange. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Is he feeling envious that she's a Black Lantern and dead or something? Or well, what's going on there? They promptly fix it in the next issue by just making everybody blue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. It stinks, because I read 24, and I'm like, you know, I could get into The Outsiders again. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Exactly. And, you know, I'll, I'll make a point of saying that the really good art, Fernando Persara. That's, that's who did the first issue and a half. Yes. And um, this is the second half of 25, where it descended into cartoony madness. 
that was Derek Donovan. Yes, and if you're listening, Derek, I would like to see you do something else, just not like this. Yeah, actually, let's see. Because the art actually didn't look that completely out of the... Uh... Yeah, it did. Well, no, it didn't look that, you know, it looked like maybe I have seen it. Oh, okay. In the past. Um, Marvel Adventures Superheroes. He's done that. He did uh, Last Legs in issue 600 of Amazing Spider-Man. Oh. He did the whole Connor Hawk Dragon's Blood series. Oh, I never read that, but I want to. Maybe if he actually had a whole... Like a whole mini series, whole story arc to just to go with instead of like what instead of doing this, which had to have been a last minute rush thing, then yeah, it would yeah. be better. Yeah, I mean, like I, I could see him doing something like you know Marvel Adventures superheroes. You know, I, I could see him doing like you know a kids line or even like a Plastic Man line or something like that. But you know, you're right. It's not he's not a horrible artist. Um... It's just, it's a very cartoony style. It's very, you know, it's simple, it's very simple. Like, at the very end, on that one page where, like, you know, the end, when uh, Katana is going to what I imagine is a grave, but you wouldn't know it because there's nothing on the grave. Stuff like that, you know, like, that's that's what gives your, your art, you know, some depth. Like, maybe if they had come to him and said, "You're go- here, you have an outsider's one-shot, work on it, get back to us, we'll put it out. Then we would have gotten, like, a really good product. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, switching over like that is... Oh, God, please. And you know you know who, who wrote that? That was Tomasi. Yeah. What's up with that? I've come to the conclusion I only like him when he's writing Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> it's like he wrote the Batman miniseries, and that, that was bad. That was horrendous. He wrote this, and it was bad. Well, no. This wasn't bad up until the last half. And, like, what I will say is that, like, realistically, he could have spent more time, you know, or spent some time giving us, like, a little overview of who the characters were and what their powers were. I mean, like, Metamorpho, I think they say his name Rex once in the entire, you know, two series, two issues. All right. Should we take a break? Oh, I think we need to take a break. Let's take a break. Since the dawn of man is really not that long as every galaxy was formed in less time than it takes to sing this song. A fraction of a second and the elements were made. The Vikings stood up straight, the dinosaurs all met their fate. They tried to leave, but they were late and they all died. Okay, and we're back. Yeah. You know, something... Look, let's... Let's start with something that people keep asking us to talk about more. The movie. The live-action movie. There's a movie? They're, well, sort of. They they have three actors now. They used to have one. One and a half, if you count the unconfirmed Jackie Earl Haley Sinestro. <laughs> but um, we have, we have a Carol Ferris and a Hector Hammond. And Carol Ferris is Lake Lively? Do you say Livy or Lively? I guess it's Lively. Lake Lively. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm sure you've seen on Gossip Girls. And <laughs> you've got Hector Hammond, played by Peter Sarsgaard of SNL fame. Sarsgaard. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only thing I've ever seen him in, that I know of, I'll throw that in, because you know me in movies, Yes, is that one SNL skit where... 
he got invited to be the guest speaker at a pirate convention because there's lots of R's in his name and they all the room would just erupt with SARS guard like every couple of seconds. Oh, I remember that vividly. But I hear he's been in films. Yeah. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of things. The thing that I remember him mostly from is uh Garden State with uh Natalie Portman and Dude from Scrubs, yeah. Zach Braff? Uh, Peter Sarsgaard plays Zach Braff's, like, I guess, uh, friend from high school or something like that. And Zach Braff comes back to town and meets his friend again. Yeah, I have, I think I even said on the forum, I've had that DVD sitting next to my computer. I'm looking at it right now. It's right there. It's like in our arm's reach. I just haven't watched it since I got it a year ago. It's, it's always been on my pile, but I never get to my pile. It's such a fantastic movie. Like I can't I can't recommend watching it enough. It's it's really really good. Well, I have an obligation cuz I live in New Jersey and like I think if I go to one without watching it, they'll like they'll see me to the border. <laughs> New Jersey's the garden state and shut up. What do you think of the casting? <laughs> well, Peter Sarsgaard, like I think that's great for Hector Hammond. I think he can definitely pull that off. Um, you know, that whole, you know, I, I think, yeah, well, I think I'm better than you, you know, that, that kind of aspect of Hector Hammond. He could definitely do that. Um, as for Blake Lively, I've never watched Gossip Girl, so I, I, I don't know. Is she like, is she with a blonde one or is she a dark haired one? She's blonde. I, every picture I've seen, cause this article's Oh, this this news has popped up all over the place, and every single spot has a different picture, so she's definitely blonde. It would be nice, you know, to see her, you know, with dark hair. I mean, to me, like, she, to me, she's like miscellaneous girl who I've never seen or heard of before, which, you know, is fine by me, because I like my actors to be no-names, mm-hmm. and if they're not no-names, but I still have no idea who the hell they are, that works for me, too. <laughs> I hope they actually make her dark, you know a dark-haired, you know, character for this movie. Oh, they will. Yeah, I don't I don't really have, you know, major opinions on on Blake Lively. She was in The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Ooh, both parts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, she was in Accepted. Um Oh. Wait, was she like the main girl in that? She was Monica. I don't know. I've never seen that. I saw that. That was actually a really good movie. I th- oh, okay. No, I, I, I'm, I vaguely remember there being this blonde girl that the main guy was trying to impress or whatever and end up getting in the end. Spoilers for Accepted. <laughs> so I guess I guess I have seen her. <laughs> well, there you go. I didn't hate her, from what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, I guess. Is she the main character on Gossip Girl? I don't know. You're the one that watches it when your wife's away. I have no idea. Come on, she doesn't listen to the show. You can tell. It's just you and me here. Just you and me. You can tell me. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> I, I've actually, like, you know, I, I guess I've had something on, and it was going into Gossip Girl. And, like, I'm, like, 15 seconds in, and all of a sudden I realize, I'm like, oh, God, i got to turn this off <laughs> before it infects me. Is because I always assumed Gossip Girls was, like, some teenage drama show or something. Right. Like, is she 
old enough? Like, how old is she? Um, let's see. Because I can't really tell from her picture. She was born in 1987, which makes oh, okay. her, like, what is that, eight years younger than me? So she's 22. 22? Oh, I'm older than her? Jesus. That kind of sucks. You're old! <sighs> you know... You're older than Gossip Girl. I, you know, I guess, um... Ryan Reynolds can definitely pull off younger. I just hope that this isn't another thing like Superman Returns, where they make Lois Lane, like, 20, and it's a continuation from when she looked like she was, like, 40. <laughs> it's kind of like how Flash Rebirth just kind of made Iris, like, young and hot <laughs> for no reason, and everybody just accepted it. Everybody's just like, thank you. <laughs> we got some uh, some preview items to uh, to mention, Dan. Oh, oh, God. I mean, go on. If you look in uh, this month's issue of previews, um, I guess this stuff will be coming out in a few months now. But you order it now. Uh, first off, you have a ginormous Hal Jordan bust. I'm guessing that's a one-fourth scale Green Lantern bust. How big does that mean, like, in inches? Actually, no, that's got to be bigger. That's got to be, like, one half. Hold on, let me check. Because whenever I see, like, a statue or something, it always says, like, one and one half, one and an eighth scale, one and a quarter scale. I'm like, and I always think to myself the same thing. All right, what's, like, like one and a half of what? Like, what's, like, is it is it supposed to be, like, like, compared to the size of a regular human head, or what are they comparing it to? Yes, this is a one half scale, which means his head is exactly one half as big as it would be if he were in real life. Do you realize how much more profoundly creepy this statue becomes now that I know that? <laughs> I do not. This this has also... Oh, look at that thing. Do you see the look on that face? It's 13 inches high and 11 inches wide. Uh, it, it Like, he looks like... He looks like there should be a neighborhood watch group, like, paying attention to his movements. Well, you're looking at the photo... Listen, you're looking at the photo that's, like, dead on. And as I, I think I mentioned in the in the, uh, the thread, I, I'm guessing that if you look at it from, like, a slightly different angle, it's, like, it completely changes perspective. And if you look at, per, you know, previews, there's a picture of him, you know, kind of like, I guess it's more from the right angle. And you see him, and he's kind of, like, looking up and off into the distance. And it's actually, it's it looks really good there. Like, if you're looking at it straight on, it, it does look weird. But when you look at it like he's just kind of, like, looking off into the distance, it's kind of like, you know, oh, he's, like, posing for this, you know, this thing, and it's really neat looking. Oh, the downside is it's $300. Yeah, that's the downside. If this thing was in my home, the only way I would sleep at night is if I put this bust in the refrigerator facing the back and then put a chair up against the refrigerator door. Oh, if somebody wanted to give it to me, I would definitely take it. Because it's, it's a nicely done bust, I have to say. I would take it because eBay exists. <laughs> and... uh, they also have uh, a series of statues based on like the, the Chronicles books that they've been putting out. They have uh, Coming Soon, it's a Green Lantern Chronicle statue. It's actually pretty nice. Um... And let's see, what else we got? We mentioned 
the glow in the dark, the light up uh, ring set. Yeah, with the little LED and the button and the battery. Yes, that's that's in this month's previews. That is sixty dollars for the set. There's a new black hand shirt that you can get, and a couple of uh, hoodies from the different color cores. Um, and then, of course, you have from Toon Tumblers, you have eight different glasses, one each for all the different colored cores. It has the symbol for the core on one side, and on the other side it has what the emotion is. Those do look kind of nice. Yeah. Can those be, like, machine-washed, or will it wear away the the thing? It's the kind of thing where you could wash them in a machine for, a, you know, a while, but after enough washes, it would eventually start to, like, wear down a little. You know? Like with anything else. Like, if you... If you had one of the glasses from, you know, 70s or 80s or so, where with the superheroes on them, like, you could wash those. But, you know, eventually it's going to wear away with time. It's like anything else. And these are full-size cups? Full-size glasses. I think they, they usually go for, like, between 8 and $12 a piece, I think. Hmm. So, they're not cheap. I may get one. Which one? Which one? I'm not sure. I mean, it, it seems kind of like a waste to get the green one because I already have a Green Lantern glass or or two of them or so. But uh, can you get these individually? Or do you have to get a set? I I think that they probably sell them individually. Actually, I don't know. You know, it, it doesn't even give a price for them. It, it says, uh, you know, if you if you want them, you know, inquire within. Like if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Basically. Here. I'm looking at DCBS right now to see if they have it in there. While you're looking, I want to give a uh, a quick reminder that I believe it's next month on the uh, MaddieCollector.com. It's an exclusive to the site. They have uh, it's going to be the four Justice League Unlimited figures. From that kind of like Justice Society analog. Oh, when um the Justice Guild when they yes. went to the other Earth. Yeah, the Green Shield guy. Is that what it was? The Green Shield. The 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 Guardsmen or something. Yeah, that might be it. So, uh, that Alan Scott dude. Um, but yeah, that goes on sale soon. So if you are interested in that, definitely check it out. The only thing is, it's like it's thirty dollars. And, you know, you're only getting four. Yes, that goes on sale February 15th. So, check it out. Green Guardsman. It also comes with the Black Siren, Tom Turbine, and the Streak. Was Tom Turbine supposed to be Mr. Terrific? I thought he was kind of like their the Superman-ish analog, but I guess since they didn't have a Superman. I don't know. Eight tumblers. Da-da-da-da. There go. Each class features that, blah, 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 collect them all, and it has a price of eighty-one thirty-eight. Oh my god! So I'm, so I'm hoping that's the set. <laughs> yeah, that means that they're probably like, I guess close to twelve or thirteen dollars a piece normally, but uh, yeah, it says collect them all, so I guess that there is a way to get them separately. Unless, because the only ones pictured here. Like, there's only four glasses pictured here. There's a... I just closed it. That's fine. We don't need to keep talking about glasses. <laughs> Our fans want this. Uh, 
Nobody wants this. Somebody keeps asking for unedited episodes. Maybe this will be the one. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, hey, watch The Big Bang Theory? I did, actually. Lauren, she got me into that a while ago. Uh, she bought the first season, we watched the entire thing, and then... Oh, yeah, we bought the first season right before the second season started. So, you know, we've been watching every episode since then. And somebody on the forum, it was probably Hebrew Lantern, that mentioned that, you know, he saw a commercial and the lantern was being used in it. And sure enough, Sheldon goes out and he uses... He actually uses the Green Lantern power battery replica to pick up girls. (laughs) Yes. And it totally works. (laughs) Oh. I had no idea that the only thing keeping me single was not dropping a couple hundred bucks at DC Direct. (laughs) Sure, Dan, that's it. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, what you call it? A lot of people, you know, that I've seen on the internet are kind of like taking issue, though, that because Sheldon recites the Green Lantern Oath, and yeah. he says, in brightest day, in darkest night. And they're all like, that's not the oath, that's not the oath. And, like, when I was listening to it, like, it didn't even register that that would be, like, somewhat wrong to somebody. Well, then you're not a real fan. <laughs> no, I am a real fan, because it was Darkest Night for a while back then. They switched over to Darkest Night because of, uh, it wasn't it like a, a racial thing? Yeah, yeah. They wanted to be politically correct. Like, I was watching this with my friends, and when, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, he said it wrong. You were one of those people. <laughs> yeah, it was my knee-jerk reaction, all right? All right? My knee jerked, and I reacted. It was great. Like, he, like he, it just kept popping up throughout the episode. Like, somebody knocks on his door at night, and he opens it holding the lantern. He's, like, walking around with it like it's an actual lantern to, like, light his way. <laughs> Definitely watch watch Big Bang Theory. There, there's tons of references all the time, you know, to comics and Green Lantern. Very DC-oriented, too, because I think, doesn't Warner Brothers own the show or something? I don't know. That makes sense, though. Yeah, there's always, like... Like, I remember when Flash Rebirth came out. It was, like, the first issue of Flash Rebirth had just come out, like, a week before. And there's an episode where they're in their comic shop, and somebody, and he walks up, and he's holding Flash Rebirth number one. I'm like, hey, that's awesome. I I'll, I remember, like, there's plenty of times where they're in the comic book store, and, you know, right behind them you see on the racks, and, like, I point out to Lauren, I'm like, oh, look, it's Green Lantern. It's like, that's last month's Green Lantern issue. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll be like, why do I know you? <laughs> She's like, you're a geek. <laughs> there was one episode, I don't remember the context at all, but somebody asks, I think, Sheldon... Or somebody like like would this comic be good for my kid to read? And he says his answer is something awesome like like that depends. Does your little does your little boy have a working knowledge of Crisis on Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis fifty two and the DC multiverse and Hypercon? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. The only thing I don't really like on the show is like like the main guy. What's his name? He used to be on Roseanne. Leonard. Yeah, I think like his. His performance is so, like, so over the top, like, like, not stereotypical, well, I guess stereotypical, but, like, I'll just say so overly exaggerated that it's, like, yeah, yeah. 
Because, like, the other, all the other guys, like, I are believable enough to me except for his. And that, like, kind of pulls me out a little bit, but... Yeah, yeah. I know. I understand that. So... But yeah, how how long, just one last thing, how long has this show been on? Like, how many seasons has it had? This is the third season now. Okay, because I just, I guess it, it was the second year of it that I first even heard of it. Because I had been so out of touch with nighttime TV. And... Just, I, I'm amazed the show has lasted as long as it has, just because it's so geek oriented and it's on a major network, <laughs> and they they like to cancel things that are fun. Yeah, you know, like my my perception of it before I watched it was that it was the kind of thing where, oh, they're gonna make fun of geeks in this, so I'm not gonna watch it. But Lauren's like, no, you'll really like it, you really like it, and I'm like, I'll watch an episode. And sure enough, it's like, eh, this is good enough, I'll watch it. And I ended up getting into it. And, like, there was an entire episode where, I think it was even during Battle for the Cowl, where the guys spend the entire episode just arguing over who should be the new Batman. Like, Dick Grayson versus Jason Todd versus Tim Drake. <laughs> and, like, they had, they had, like, their A plot going on here, but then, like, it would just keep cutting back to their B plot of this these guys fighting about this, and it was running throughout the whole episode. Yeah, Big Bang Theory. I think it's on CBS or something. Yep. So, now that we, we're talking about Big Bang Theory, and we're talking about the movie, now, what I'm wondering, Dan, is what's going to happen after Blackest Night in Green Lantern? You know, like, what could possibly happen afterwards? I already told you, the book is going to get cancelled, Hal is going to show up as a co-feature in Flash, uh, and then we're going to have, like, we're going to talk about pottery. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be a pottery cast. Why can't we just discuss, like, uh, like actual lanterns and lights and lamps and stuff like that? No, that market is filled. We're talking about pottery. We could be the new lantern cast. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about a nice little craftsman piece. It's, uh, <laughs> it takes four AA batteries. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, alright. If you are on the internet enough to find our show, you probably know that DC has announced the coming of Brightest Day. This is, this is a nice, this is their follow-up to Blackest Night, obviously. It is going to be a 26-issue bi-weekly series starting in April. It's gonna be co-written by Jeff Johns and Peter J. Tomasi of Outsiders fame. <laughs> and it's... They've been they've been tight-lipped on the details, so we can't even specifically say what's going to be in this or who it's going to focus on. But it's... They did say that it's a DC Universe story kind of in the same vein as Blackest Night. Which leads me to believe, like, it probably won't be, like, a specifically Green Lantern series... But because of the two guys writing it, and because of the nature of Blackest Night, it'll probably be the kind of thing where if you're not reading Green Lantern, you can get it. But if you are reading Green Lantern, it'll enhance the experience, just like we're finding through Blackest Night. And there's going to be titles that tie into this. Like, both Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, written by Johns and Tomasi, respectively, are going to have Brightest Day banners on them. Uh, they've said a number of of uh, series are going to get Brightest Day banners 
at the time, such as the uh, Flash book, which is, you know, tentatively going to start around the same time, <laughs> and there, like more more down the road. Like I'm expecting that new Outsiders thing that we talked about. I'm expecting that to have a brightest day thing on it. Um, Titans, they're they're they appear to be canceling the Titans, and this is this is not the Teen Titans. This is the grown-up Titans with like the uh, the old new Teen Titans lineup on it. You know, the the Nightwing, <laughs> Flash, Starfire, all those guys. They're canceling that because all their characters left, and they're relaunching it. It's 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 it sounds like it's gonna be kind of like the Dark Avengers because it's gonna be a Titans team run by Deathstroke. And the only other two members they've confirmed so far are the Tattooed Man, and I didn't write down her name, but she... Oh, yes, I did. Cheshire, who I don't... I've never read anything with her in it. I think she was in, like, like The Secret Six at one point or something. But, but yeah, it's, it's basically... It looks like it's going to shape up as a team of villains using the name of a team of heroes to do team things, which, you know. <laughs> it sounds abysmal. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to read this. I don't care who's on this team. <laughs> I'm not going to read this for our show. Um, yeah, they, they'll have to pull a rabbit out of their hats to make me interested in that, because at this point, I have, like, I have almost no interest in Deathstroke as a character. I don't really care much about Cheshire. And who was that third one you mentioned? The Tattooed Man. The most Green Lantern-related person in this roster so far. <laughs> yeah. But he was he was interesting in that issue with, with Batman and Green Lantern. And he was alright in Final Crisis. Um, I didn't read it, but he had his own Final Crisis Aftermath miniseries called Ink. And that was kind of him, like, struggling to be a hero or a villain or whatever. And apparently, like, they made a big to-do in the article here about how how um, the same creative team from that miniseries is going to be doing this book. And I thought to myself, well, I flipped through that miniseries. It didn't really appeal to me art-wise, and I wasn't interested enough in the concept to try and read it. So it's like, all right, and, unless, yeah, you know, like you said, unless they pull something out of their hat, like... Like, like if this if if this team contains Sinestro and this is the only <laughs> place Sinestro appears, and they just don't use him anywhere else in the DC universe, then maybe we'll have to rate it. But yeah, like basically, from what I'm saying, like the only way they're gonna get me to want to read this book is if like the newest member is going to be Larflees. You know, then I'm gonna read it. Then I'm gonna read it. But other than that, I don't know. Oh, did you read? Since we're on the not even on the topic, but um, Johns has said like he would love to do a Larflees miniseries, and he he kind of promised that there will be a Larflees Christmas special at the end of 2010. Yes, yeah, I saw that. That is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let me just look up one quick thing before I touch on Justice League. Oh, and Brightest Day has a new symbol. Yes. I love how that thing looks, by the way. Like, it's... describe it to people how it looks something. Okay, so, I don't have it in front of me, but I remember it. It's basically the, the, the black hand symbol, only it's a little bit smaller, 
and like uh, I guess there's a there's a, another circle like going through like seven rays of light coming out of the, the triangle. So it's almost like rays of light coming out of a sun that's rising, you know, right behind the the, the triangle of the black hand symbol, and it's white. What I am like, you know, desperately hoping for is brightest day number zero. Buy an issue, get a white ring. Please, please, God. please, see. Give me a white ring. I want a white ring so badly. Do you think this means white lanterns or white lantern? You know, I don't know, actually. I'm not really sure. Because, you know, I, I said White Lantern from the beginning. And everybody's like, no, that's too obvious. But... I still don't think they're going to do it. Well, you know, if you think about it, though, death, kind of like, death and the universe kind of spontaneously created Necron and the power of the black. So... I mean, is it really so difficult to kind of imagine that life would do the same thing? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, looking at looking at the symbol, I love how because I mean, people have tried to conceptualize what a white lantern symbol would look like, and yeah. it's always been some weird merger of different like like you take this aspect of the blue lantern symbol and take this from here and this from here. This one is based so strongly on the black lantern symbol. And that's just, it's so appropriate. Because it's like, like how do I even say it? Something you can't get away from is that death is part of life. And that's like literally visually represented here. It takes the bad and turns it into something good. And it's like, it makes me wonder about the whole, the whole acceptance and peace Thing that we still have to see resolved with the doves. Yes, it's it's really nice because it takes the good and it takes the bad. It takes them both, and there you have the facts of life. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I just do. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of people glowing white and stuff, there is also, along with the Titans... <laughs> They've also confirmed that the Justice League of America is going to be uh, be having some part in in uh, Brightest Day, and you know it's it's the same. It appears to be the same creative team that we currently have. So you know, make of that what you will. And the the teaser image, which I assume is a cover, they show here is you got members of the Titans and the League and the JSA and the other JSA, and they're all gathered around looking at this this highly obscured female who is just kind of floating there, bathed in white light, and all of them are just kind of like, like, holy crap. You know, this picture is on our forum, and I said to you and to everybody, it looks like Jade to me. Just because, like, all the general characteristics are there, plus both Alan Scott and Obsidian are there. And right. when you think about all the people from all these teams that could have been in the shot, okay, Alan Scott, all right, he shows up a lot. But Obsidian, not a lot. And, like, he's really surprised to see whoever this chick is. So if it's not Jade, I will be very surprised. Yeah. Yeah, and I looked at the same image without actually scrolling down to read what you wrote. And I'm like, hmm, I bet that's Jade. 
So we came to the same exact conclusion. Oh, and looking at this image, actually, I kind of think that this is supposed to be just the Justice League and Justice Society. With the Titans disbanding, that's probably going to be the new Justice Justice League America lineup, at least for a little while. They actually have said they're doing that. Yeah, Cyborg, Monel, Congorilla, uh, Donna Troy, Cy- what was that? said Cyborg, um, Batman, and... Uh, I think that's all of them. Yeah, that'll probably be it. Hey, Jesse Quick's wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they heard they heard your, uh, you know, that you were pretty angry, so they modified it. It'll be nice to see Obsidian again. Yeah, I wonder what he's been doing. He he got transformed into an egg in Justice Society. Did he really? Yeah, it was it's a pretty bad story. <laughs> I, was this like the Bill Willingham thing? Like, is he the one writing it? Um, I I think he is right now. Um, all right. So the big thing. With, again, getting back on track a little bit here, the big thing that caught my attention, I was kind of like, ooh, well, maybe it's good. I'm, I'm really on the fence about it, is that, is the whole fact that, um, Brightest Day is a bi-weekly 26 issue series. Which, which means, like, alright, there's, there's 52 weeks in the year, so if this came out weekly, it would take six months. But it right. comes out every two weeks, which means it's it's going to take a year. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, that's 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 fine. That's that's like half the commitment as 52. All right, I have no problem with that. I'm interested in it. It's probably going to be required reading for our show anyway. So you know, it's fine. It's that's all good. But wait, there's more. <laughs> oh yeah. Then I then the very next day I find out about. Do you read this? They're doing a second weekly miniseries. Not related to this at all, as far as I know. Second bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, bi-weekly that's right. Every two weeks again. About the the uh, Justice League International getting back together. Which, when I read that, I was like, yes! They're doing it! They're doing They're putting them back together! Bi-weekly. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at it. It starts, like, it starts in May... It's gonna be by um, Keith Giffen and Judd Winnick, which all right, those that's a good that's a good mix right there. I like that. And uh, like the way it's going to end up breaking down is you're gonna have like like this week is you know Brightest Day, and then next week is Justice League, and then the next week is Brightest Day, and that kind of thing until they're both done. So realistically, there's no greater commitment than if you were following a regular weekly series. Which is how I'm justifying it to myself because I really want to read both of these. Oh, <laughs> uh, I definitely want to read Brightest Day, the Justice League International, whatever they're calling it. Um, I don't know. Eh. You know, I like the the Booster Gold, um, the the series, which I think they're isn't isn't Keith Given gonna take over that also? He is. Actually, Giffen and McGuire are getting that book. So, is that... Wait, did they... Are they the exact same team from the Metal Men backup? I forget. Yes. Oh, wait, no. Wait. Are they? That would be amazing. Dan is not writing the, the, the Metal Men backup, is he? No. Oh, jeez, okay. no. What, what, did he write the miniseries? 
or he wrote he wrote the Metal Men in Wednesday comics. Okay, 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 okay. So yes, it's it's the ba- it's the team that's writing the backup, uh, the the Metal Men backup, which I had absolutely no interest in whatsoever. So <laughs> you know what? What I agreed with you, and I'm still gonna try an issue. <laughs> oh yeah, well like you know as as much as like I haven't been loving Booster Gold lately, but. Like, they had some things planned, you know, coming up in Booster Gold, like, with Coast City. Um, and, you know, because Dan Jurgens being the creator of Wave Rider, he made that little mention on the, the chalkboard that, uh, you know, Wave Rider lives. So I was kind of looking forward to stuff like that. And now, okay, with a, with a changeover like this, it's like, you know, I, I can just see it already that it's going to be a very clear change in direction for Booster Gold. And I'm just like I, I don't know I'm I'm hesitant of it already. The whole Metal Men thing didn't work out, but like like Giffen and McGuire those those guys are Justice League International, and here you're giving them the solo book of one of their lead characters at the time. Plus, like it might be a good companion piece to the uh, the biweekly Justice League International, whatever the title's gonna be, series. Like, I'm not looking at it as required reading, just saying, like, huh, Giffen's going to be using Booster over here and over here at the same time. Hmm, curious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless unless they pull in Guy Gardner to the Justice League International book, like, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, keep up with that. I, I'll, I'll probably try, like, the first two issues, and I think I'm definitely going to be switching over to DCBS for once all this starts again. Do you really think that they're not going to bring Guy in? I mean, really? Because, I mean, see, like, they flat out said in the article, and I don't have it in front of me, but I, I know this. They said it in the article that, like, like they named, you know, they named Booster and Beetle, Fire and Ice, Captain Atom, Rocket Red, which I can only assume is a new Rocket Red because that guy got totally murdered. Spoiler. And they said, like, that's not... <laughs> and they said that's not the entire list of characters we're using, but that's all we're going to say right now. And that screams of Guy Gardner's going to be in this. He can't not be in this. We're just not going to spoil his Blackest Night stuff. You know, you know, maybe they actually learned from putting Kyle in Countdown while he was still Parallax over in the Sinestro War. Yeah, but like on the flip side. They are very used to writing Guy in a very specific way, and, you know, he's changed quite a bit. So, you know, the other thing that has me worried is, like, okay, well, are they going to just basically disregard that so that they can fit him into, you know, the shape that they need him to be to fit into their puzzle? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to see them sacrifice the, the, you know, evolution that Guy's been through just for the sake of telling, you know, wahaha stories. Yeah. And I was I was thinking back cuz he was in um was it one or both? I think it was just in the second one when they uh a couple years ago they did um you know, I can't believe it's not the Justice League. Yeah. And the before it formally known as the Justice League. I think he was in the second one of those and like he was kind of his old self, but that wasn't really in continuity. That was just a kind of like off on its own kind of story. Because I mean, it was like it was present day, and he still had the yellow ring and everything. But um, I don't know. Like, cause 
I don't think they've used him really since Justice League International, so I don't know. I want to say that they wouldn't just fall back on old characterizations, but it could happen. Yeah, we'll see. No, I really wish they would they would come out with like more of their Brightest Day related stuff soon, because if you're like me and you pre-order your books, you have to start like next month, because like Brightest Day is going to start in April, so February, March, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. This is gonna have to be on my next order. Um, so let's see. Do we have any news about anybody uh, re-upping their exclusive contract with DC? No. 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 <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh. Oh, what the hell's his name? Patrick Gleason. No. Wait. Did I say Gleason before? Yes. I meant Tomasi. Oh. <laughs> do you do you are you less excited? <laughs> oh. What? Oh, that's such a letdown. That doesn't mean Gleason's leaving. I know, but uh That's depressing. Why? Well, because, you know, you, you, you're like, oh, you built me up with, uh, yeah, Patrick Gleason, who, I mean, you know, love his art, absolutely love his art. Like, hearing that he is re-upping his exclusive contract is awesome news. Hearing that Tomasi is, you know, it's his stuff has been kind of hit or miss for me. Yeah, but his Green Lantern core stuff has been pretty hit consistently. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Except when he's writing Kilowog or Ermi. But <laughs> you know why I made the the thing? Because on the uh, the the article I read it in has the cover Green Lantern Core forty five in it. So I just like my mind went, oh, artist. Okay. I I mean yeah, like I like I like Tomasi's you know Green Lantern writing. Um. <laughs> I, I guess I, I just get more excited when, when artists sign exclusive contracts. Let's face it, with the exposure and most likely paychecks that Green Lantern Corps has been bringing him, I don't think Leeson's going anywhere. Yeah. He's making Green Lantern money now. Oh. So, uh... It's creepier than... Yeah, really. You want to do the voicemails and then uh, cut out? Yeah, let's do that. Considering we have, like, we're going on, like, three hours or so. That's fine. It'll be 45 minutes while I'm done. Oh, boy. All right, do you want to do the the Blackest Night one or the Black Mercy one? I, I, I remember the Black Mercy one, but we'll go with Black Blackest Night first. All right, let's play that. Hey, Lantern Cast, this is the Masked Hero again, calling in for some reason like I seem to be always doing. Um, calling about Dark, Dark Knight, um, Blackest Night number six, um, I don't know, I was a little, I feel like I'm starting to lose momentum in this, uh, little crossover, um, because it seemed like this issue kind of started out sort of strong and, and kind of seemed like it was going somewhere, and then they kind of made the resolution to do what they did with the whole deputizing of Lanterns, and, uh, that was right around the time that we hit the staple in the comic. So I was like, cool. 
there's another, you know, that much more time left in the uh, issue. But, um, no, we kind of get ripped off with a bunch of uh, ads everywhere and a pretty short uh, end after that. And kind of, I guess it's kind of leaving me with the feeling of what happened in issue six. I don't, I don't understand what exactly is going on here because it seemed all well and good, but at the end of the day, I guess I don't know where Jeff Johns is going. If you're going to deputize a bunch of lanterns for 24 hours, does that mean that there's only 24 hours left in the series? Wonder Woman got deputized. Does that mean that uh, in 24 hours she's going to go back to being a Black Lantern? Is this all going to be resolved in 24 hours? What's going on? I don't know. Um, I feel a little wobbly about this whole series. Hopefully it will improve. Seven's not coming out for another month, so I guess we can sit around and debate stuff for the next month. Uh, But I guess I'm getting a little long-winded. I would like for this to make it onto the show, so I should probably just shut up and uh, let's go. Uh, bye. Okay, well, to start off with, thank you, Masked Hero, for your voicemails. Um, and, yes, thank thank you to everybody else that sends us voicemails. We love listening to them, even though we don't get to go through all of them on the show, but we love listening to them. I swear to you, we always intend to include voicemails <laughs> into our show, but then we just, we always run so long. Like, I forget who it is on the forum that keeps asking us to post unedited episodes. No, you don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so long. Yeah, so the first thing that I have to say is that, when you know, after the, you know, 24 hours is up, I think uh, Wonder Woman, she's not going to become a Black Lantern again because that connection was severed. Yeah, her ring broke. Yeah, unless, you know, they send out another ring and, you know, that is able to establish a, a tether again, um, then she's she's free from the Black Lantern influence. Um, as far as, you know, do I think that in 24 hours everything's going to be, you know, all finished up? I do. Like Dan, I definitely hold the, you know, belief that Blackest Night is so far just one night, you know? It's it's just taken a couple of hours so far, the entire series. So, you know, everybody thought it was met- metaphorical. I think it's literal. Yeah, and I threw this out on the forum in a different thread, I think. In Blackest Night number one, Jon Stewart left to go and visit the site of Zanshi. And then in, what was it, the Blackest Night number six, Jon Stewart is flying back to Earth from his encounter on Zanshi. So the entirety of Blackest Night up to right now has been as long as Jon Stewart's side story. So when it comes right down to it, how long do you think that side story was taking? And I just, I cannot believe it's any more than a few hours. Yeah, no, definitely not. But then you have to, you have to wonder though, like how does that mesh with the twenty four hour thing? And I personally, I think it would be cool if the heroes got to keep their rings a little bit after Blackest Night, and just like like help with like rebuilding or whatever, and like like helping like move people around or just just using them for humanitarian aid or something like whatever. Just like let them keep their rings slightly past the end of the story, you know? Yeah. Um. 
As far as, you know, what actually happened in the issue, I would say that this may be a, a uh, you know, a result of them going for eight issues. Like, maybe they had, like, you know, seven, you know, six or seven, like, really strong issues, but they wanted to stretch it out to eight to make a little extra money or to accommodate all the other miniseries they wanted to put out. So, you know, they had to kind of, like, stretch it out a little to uh, to go through eight, eight, uh, eight issues. Um, so what we may be seeing is a little bit of decompression to stretch it. Was this originally seven issues? I can't remember anymore. Mm, I don't know. I thought it was eight. I might be confusing it with Flash Rebirth, because I know that went from five to six. Um, when I read the, the, the end of the issue with all the deputizing and all that, one of the first things that hit my mind is like, like this might be them kind of throwing the fans a bone because since day one when new rings started showing up, what have people been talking about? What ring would this character get or that character get or what would this costume look like if it, if a blue ring went on this guy or if a violet ring went on this one or, and, and like they just, they decide to actually give us some of those. You know, so it might maybe it's just kinda like throwing a bone to the fans who have been talking about this exact things for the last like year. We shall see. So, uh another voicemail? But yeah. Hey fellas, how's it going? This is Fester from Lansing, Michigan. Long time listener, fourth time caller. I have a proposition for you. Will you please stop for the love of God, stop bringing up the black mercy plant in any regards to being that the mercy plant being related to the compassion people. Personally, I think you're way off the mark on this, and you keep bringing it up. Because I mean, last last we saw, the black mercy plant was a Green Lantern, so I don't think she's going to be a, an indigo planet plant, whatever. Um, but if if I'm wrong, I will totally buy you both. Green Lantern rings of your design and choice from Aroba Silver. I promise. Just just stop bringing it up, and we'll make this little bet. Everything will be great. It'll be a win-win situation for everybody. Um, once again, I love you. <laughs> Jim loves you, too. Um, so are we like horrible people if we take them up on that? <laughs> oh, listen. I love Aroba Silver rings. So I am absolutely going to take him up on that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh. Uh, if anybody wants to hear my previous theories on said Black Mercy planet or whatever, they can go back and look at past episodes. Um, and I guess we won't bring it up again until I win the bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You ha- you have a good track record with compassion stuff because you got you got Ray Palmer, and even I was saying no, he's not gonna be an Indigo Lantern. Blah blah blah. Spoilers for Blackest Night Six or whatever, and, <laughs> and he ended up being an Indigo Lantern. Blah blah blah. Oh, it might be a while till we find out though, because I mean, yeah, yeah, they're 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 blatantly not gonna put this in Blackest Night or the John Stewart thing. Oh, you mean the the John Stewart and his armbands? Yeah, how like like we think he's gonna end up being an indigo lantern at some point. 
Yeah, I think it's a possibility in the future. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely a bet that I'm willing to take. <laughs> you just, I don't know, I don't know. If I was Lauren, I'd be a little worried. Because, like, you're accepting jewelry from some guy on the internet that says he loves you really creepily. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to forward her this e- this uh, voicemail. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Do we have anything else that we have to cover tonight? <laughs> um. I, I don't. I, we, we've been talking for. We, we we've been talking. Listen, everybody, you want to know how long these episodes normally go for? Like the unedited episode of tonight's episode would be like 14 hours. We've been talking all day. You don't don't lie to them. <laughs> Tell them how long. We started at like like six forty and it's ten oh six now. Yes. Oh god, we started, wow. We started at six forty yesterday. <laughs> it's really ten oh god damn it. Oh, can we be done? Alright, yeah, let's be done. Um you you do our closing stuff. I always do it. Okay. So if you want to contact us, you can email us at lanterncast at gmail.com. Or if you would like to reach us individually, I am jim at lanterncast.com. Dan is dan at lanterncast.com. And our wonderful program director, Jason, is jason at lanterncast.com. Also, you can go to our webpage, lanterncast.com. From there, there is a link to our Facebook page. So, you know... Click that, join our Facebook page, become a fan, and you can follow us on Facebook. And there's also a link to our forum on the comic, what is that? Comic book, comicbookforums.com? Are you serious? It just Thecomicforums.com. <laughs> yeah, complete, completely flipped my mind. But uh, that's oh hosted by CGS. So... You can go there, scroll down to LanternCast, or just go to LanternCast.com and click on the forums button. Uh, LanternCast.com has all of our episodes. It's got bios on all of us. It's got uh, uh, a gallery, which is pitifully small. I think I didn't upload your stuff yet. Oh, thank you. (laughs) That's that's, that's nice of you, thanks. You can listen to us on iTunes. Please go there, leave us a review. We we love reading the iTunes reviews. That feeds our egos and makes us stronger. And um, uh, let's see. Is there anything else? Did you give our number? Oh, we have a voicemail number. Yeah, right. All those voicemails that you were listening to before. Well, apparently there's a number. Um, the voicemail number is 206-600-7357. Apparently, you can actually send a fax to that number as well. I don't know why you would want to, but you can. No, no, no. They they specifically say no faxes. Really? We've received a fax. But it doesn't do anything. Like, when I was trying to figure out how to get the audio onto my computer from the website. I was right. reading through their, like, frequently asked question thing, and they say, like, a number of times, you know, this is not for faxes. Do not <laughs> do faxes. Okay, Will don't not fax support us. faxes. Don't fax us, although we did actually receive a fax once. It was a wrong number. And that's 
That's super. <laughs> oh, okay. It could have been a picture of one of our listeners giving a thumbs up at, like, at the camera that we just never saw. Use oh. the form for that. Yes. So check out Silver at arobasilver.com. Use the 10% discount code DSC10. And uh, we'll be at the CGS Super Show coming in March, the end of March. So go to comicgeekspeak.com and uh, click on the Super Show link and order your tickets. It's in Reading, Pennsylvania. Check it out. It's going to be awesome. We'll be there. We're going to have a lot of stuff. Um, we'll talk more about that again next episode. We'll have more information for that. So, uh, I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kersky. So long, everybody. Night. Why'd I ever have to say words of shame? Words I should never say again. Why'd you ever have to read between the lines? Creating stories that should have been all left behind. Why'd you ever have to hear my voice?